I think customer experience has become even more important than it was before. Basically, I've learned I try to do too much in every single day, and I've had to cut way back, and I feel way healthier now. But I wish I'd been at this place back in, say, March, April. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the season four kickoff show. It's a season three reunion, y'all. Um, not that it really matters anymore. This is episode 63, in case you're keeping track at home. And I am super pumped to once again have our cavalcade of guests come in and out. Um, today, we will have three groups again, as we have in two prior reunions that we've done. And it'll be two-parter. So we're recording episode 63 today. And then in a couple days, we'll do episode 64 and have a whole other group of folks who were guests on our season three shows. I am Megan Powers. The show is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic communication, consulting, and training online and offline when it's possible <laughs> for small to medium-sized businesses. My co-host, Jen Cole, how are you today? I am doing wonderful today. It's been a wonderful Tuesday. Awesome. Well, I am so glad that you're back with me for another season. I can't believe we've been at this for three years. Yeah, it's amazing. It started as like a cute little passion project that we were like, yeah, podcast, sure, let's do that. And then yeah. it's become so amazing. And we've had so, I mean, season three, all our guests have been great. But our season three guests were like a dream, better than I could imagine. And we have in this first group today of three, we have two of those rock stars, Daniel Glickman and Dan Gingas. Hi, guys. Hey, hey. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so this is how it's going to work. I'm going to have you introduce yourselves briefly, and I'm going to give the name of your the episode, name and number of your episode, and then we'll just have a chat. Kind of, you know, there's been a lot going on since the two of you um, were on last. Lots of change, and so we'll start out with Dan Gingas. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. And your episode was 44, and it was customer experience is marketing. It is the sixth most downloaded all time. All right. Fantastic. Um, I want to I talk to those top five, though, but that's awesome right. news. Well, you're right behind Mark Schaefer and Eric Fisher tied for fifth. Excellent. Um, all time at the moment. So now good company. Shabby. Yeah. So. Well, uh, it's a good title because I think customer experience has become even more important than it was before. So I'm Dan Gingas. I'm a customer experience speaker and coach. I spent 20 plus years in corporate America working for companies you've probably heard of like Discover, Humana, and McDonald's, mostly in marketing roles, but eventually migrating to customer experience uh, where I sort of fell in love and decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. So now I get to talk customer experience all day long and help clients 
identify places in their customer journey that they can get customers talking about them because the most authentic marketing we can create is having our own customers talk about how great we are. I'd much rather have an event planner tell you that I'm a great speaker than for me to tell you I'm a great speaker. It just sounds better, right? So along with similarly in any other business, when we create remarkable experiences that people want to talk about, they become our best marketing strategy. For sure. Love it. Yeah. And uh, make sure you go back and listen to that episode if you have not yet. Yeah. Bump me up to number five. (laughs) I want top five. And Jen, well, let me ask Jen real quick. Jen, why do you think that the shows that are top shows are are such, and I'm going to leave the witness a little bit, but I think it's something because uh, about have to do with what you've been doing for the show the last year or so. What I've been doing for the show for the last year. She's been sharing. She's been sharing episodes from her account. Yeah. (laughs) She's been marketing the marketing podcast. I've been marketing my marketing podcast like Eric told me to do. Yes, there's a marked difference in the amount of downloads that we have on the shows that she's been promoting. So um, let that be a lesson. If you want a slipper five or whatever, she can uh, <laughs> maybe continue to, to, to promote your show. Daniel Glickman, tell us, okay, you were on episode 53, Maximizing Video and Community. I think we ended up talking about community quite a bit more than we did, um, than we talked about video. But tell us about what, just brief bio on yourself and um, what you're up to and a little bit about your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about video and community because nowadays they really come together uh, in such a great way. I'm Daniel Glickman. I'm the CMO of Wave.Video, which is a video marketing platform. I'm sure all of you have heard of it by now. And I also have a podcast, a business to user podcast. I run the Personal Brand Masters Roundtable. You can, I do a lot of stuff. You can find out more at cmoconfessions.com. And uh, yeah, that's me. CMO uh, Confessions. I love it. A little secret yes. for you, Megan. The only thing better than one Dan is two Dan's. So you guys have done this really, really well. <laughs> I, 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 I realized that after I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of fun. Do you only get called Daniel if you're in trouble, though? Absolutely. Only my mother gets to call me that and only when she's mad at me. <laughs> no, and Danny? Is there, is there a Danny in there? I actually grew up as a Danny. It oh. went by Danny through high school. So what's kind of funny is if I ever, if my worlds collide and I ever have a high school friend and someone later in my life in the same place, usually a Danny slips out and causing the person who knows me as Dan to look really curiously at me like, what haven't you been telling me? Ah, that's um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So when we had one main question that we set up for you, Jen, do you want to ask this question of our guests? Of course. All right. So things have been weird this year. It's been an innovative year. It's been kind of a strange year. Um, but what's one big thing you have learned or are doing better as a result of the COVID time? So Daniel Glickman, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I think the biggest trend that we've been seeing or the biggest sort of aha that we all received was the entrance of informality into everything we do, right? So this has now become completely normal to talk to somebody while they're in their bedroom. And that was inconceivable yeah. about, you know, just a, a few, several months ago, it was just unfathomable that you talk to somebody from a large corporation and they would be like in their bedroom talking to you and they're like, and maybe it was even a bit messy. And now we discovered that not only is it okay, but in a way we actually like it. We learned that we were reminded that people buy from people and when people get to know us as people, they'll trust and they like what it, what they see. And so 
we've become a lot more informal. We've been sharing a lot more of ourselves and a lot more of our team members, and we're making it a lot more visible. So these are things that we're seeing more and more happening uh, out there. And us at Wave.video are doing more of really trying to be more proud of who we are, sharing it, showing everybody. Not everybody likes to be visible, and so you have to find a ways to do it. But things like even just taking the screenshot of our company meeting and showing, hey, you know, here's here's here are the people that you're talking to in the chat here's their face right here's daniel and this is his family just finding those things that we want to share and making it open to everybody yeah i've seen that a lot experiencing a closeness with brands that i follow because i it's been more of a thing where now we're turning to like igtv or you know instagram live or facebook live and seeing these people every day whereas opposed i feel like a lot of people were not so used to doing that kind of stuff before covid and before the age of zoom really and kids right kids are not completely Mm -hmm. okay i mean it's there's no shame whatsoever in saying Mm -hmm. my kids are in the other room I got to go take care of them or they show up into like you're talking of you're, you're doing a million dollar sales call and you know the kids show up in the middle and they wave high in the camera and now it's actually kind of cute and fun it is. And we like seeing them and we say oh they're such cute kids right we don't say what well, what's that over there like how dare you bring your kid into this professional meeting and so this is far more evident in video right this more yeah. than any other medium this is where it's seen and where it's heard and th- so the videos are cheaper to make not as highly produced and that is completely fine we don't want the shaky camera we want to have decent lighting and all that kind of stuff but it's completely fine to be less formal even to be funny we've seen people try test out tiktok that didn't really work out too well for most businesses or brands. It worked out fine for some personal brands but, and some very large consumer brands, right? But other than that, TikTok was the flop of the year. But what we did like about TikTok is the fact that it was, it showed our humorous side. It showed our, you know, our ability to get out there and just be a little more vulnerable or a little more real if you want. People who are professional speakers who are now doing it this way, I would love to see like a blooper reel of like- Oh, Yeah. The- of all those things all like compiled together. I think that would be super fun. That would be cool. That would be really cool. So (laughs) Dan Gingas, what are some things that you have learned or are doing better during these COVID times? Well, like I said before, I think that customer experience has become even more important because our customers depend on us now more than they have before. And they're looking for a number of things. I think they're looking for calm and confidence. That's the first part where, you know, we're not necessarily finding calm and confidence when we turn on the television from the media, from our government, from a lot of places where we normally look for calm and confidence. And so maybe we look to our family members, but we've been living under the same roof with them for a little bit too long. And so we're, we want to keep looking. Looking. And eventually we find the businesses that we engage with and we look to them for this calm and confidence. And I think the companies that have come out and either pivoted their businesses or quickly understood what their customers needed at this time and then were able to deliver it are the ones that are really standing out and they're gaining customers that are going to still be there when this is over. And I think if this has taught us anything, it's that first of all, business continuity planning is an important function. We shouldn't ignore that. But I think the companies that are gaining customers now are going to keep them after the pandemic and the ones that are losing them are never going to see them again. And so it's become more exacerbated on both ends of the spectrum. For me, you know, I had a similar experience to most speakers. I got off stage on May 10th or 11th to a standing ovation, was on top of the world. March, March. 
a March, excuse me, yeah, March, March 10th or yeah. 11th. And, uh, you know, a week later had uh, every gig on my calendar canceled. So, you know, in my own business, thinking about how to pivot and pivot quickly was really important. I uh, pivoted in a couple different directions that I've now not only gotten really excited about, but I believe uh, will be continue to be income streams post-COVID when I go back to speaking. So I think ultimately it ends up for me in a stronger position. I think a lot of companies are seeing that because when you're forced to pivot, when you're forced to finish that digital project that was supposed to take two years and then took six weeks because you put all <laughs> hands on deck. It's amazing what happens and it's amazing how you can become scalable much faster. You know, you can create lasting uh, products and services. So I think it's actually, you know, despite all of the sadness and destruction of human life and the fear of a, of a spreading virus, from a business perspective, I think it's been an incredibly fascinating time and an incredibly innovative time. It'll be studied for years to come. I mean, from psychology, yeah. sociology, on every level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I work in meetings and events. So, you know, things change for me quite a bit. However, I also gotten a lot more opportunity to speak in online conferences and I actually got paid for one of them, which is like incredible. Actually, my first paying gig was Congrats. Um, a 15 That's amazing. minute, a 15-minute session on how to use Zoom. Well, ironically, but what event organizers are seeing, and this is, you know, debate and everyone, it's, it's going back and around and upside and, you know, will we go hybrid? Will we ever go back? Blah, blah. But I think what organizations are seeing that are having their events online is obviously that their reach is so much farther. So where you might not still be able to charge $1,500 for your conference, you're now potentially getting 20,000 people there instead of five or, or, you know, whatever the number is. And like on member-based organizations, these people aren't members potentially, but maybe they will be after this. Like if you give them a good experience and they're seeing value out of what you're providing them, whether it's online or offline, or I mean, it's all going to be online, but whether you're interacting, you know, whether it has to do with an event or not, I guess is the thing. But the reach has become huge. And I think what it's also uncovered is that a lot of issues with accessibility that have never been addressed before. Like there's a lot of people who would wanted to attend your event for years, but could whether it's because of a physical condition that they have or financial or whatever, and not be not offering them an opportunity to be there. The word virtual to me is not the right word, but yeah. for lack of a better word that everyone is using <laughs> all the time to be there virtually is to provide that offering, I think is super important. So in terms of your speaking gigs, have you been have you been doing some of that online or has is it Yeah, so I'm definitely doing online speaking and webinars, but it's actually not been my focus. And okay. part of it, the reason is because one of the things that I think makes me good at customer experience is that I think like a customer. And I once had a former boss that actually, I think, helped me pivot my entire career by pointing out to me that he noticed in meetings that I always wore the customer hat. And I didn't actually know I was doing it until he pointed it out. And then I was like, yeah, you're totally right. So as a customer, I don't really want to see more webinars. I'm kind of webinared out. You know, we know that people are having Zoom fatigue. And so another talking head showing me some slides. Ah, man, I've signed up for a bunch of them, but I haven't attended very many of them. And so I've tried to go a different route with clients uh, and instead uh, put together more episodic content. So, uh, you know, something like a video podcast where you've got a number of episodes, there's a theme. It's not just an interview, but it might be something that is, you know, new and different. I can't announce the details yet, but my podcast partner and I are about to launch with a client of ours, a, um, a customer experience game show, which is going to be 
unbelievably fun. And so I'm working on projects like that, that to be honest, they don't even feel like work because they're so much fun. And I do think that that is, con- that is content that people want to see. It's different. It holds people's attention. There's an element of uh, infotainment to it where it's fun, but you're, you're still learning something. And so uh, that's been one of the ways that I've pivoted. And the other way has been to start up customer experience coaching. And I've realized that that's been a ton of fun for me. I offer a a complimentary 90-minute session uh, for anybody that wants to sit down with me. And one of the cool things about it is there's no sales pitch. So if you want to keep working with me after the 90 minutes, you have to ask me. But what's been awesome from a personal perspective is the types of people that I've gotten to sit down with for 90 minutes and help to dissect different experiences. I had a male nurse that works at a hospital system and was put like during COVID on a four-person patient experience team. How do we improve experience at the hospital? And that was a fascinating discussion. And then I had a guy that was starting up his own business with a new data platform that I took one look at and I was like, man, I wish I had this when I was in corporate America. So it kind of runs the gamut and it's been super fun for me to gather new stories and and meet new people and obviously grow my business in a different way. So it's been fun and I don't mind the working from home. I'd add to Daniel, uh, besides from the kids, you also have the pets. I have both a dog and a cat (laughs) in the room with me right now. And uh, some Sometimes they like to make an appearance and unsolicited. Yeah, I really want to. I really want to touch on what Dan said here. This is a pivotal moment. It's the collapse of the perceived value of video. So, because the conferences have been shut down, the events have been shut down. Well, we used to have to pay fifteen hundred dollars or twenty eight hundred dollars to go and see in person. Now it's being dished out for free, and then people are not even attending those, even when they are free, because they realize everything is available on YouTube whenever you need it. It dawned on us. You just it's there. The information is all accessible. It's all free. It's freedom of information, par excellence. There is really no need to pay for anything. And there's even no need to watch anything unless I absolutely need it. It's all on demand. I no longer have to show up when they want me to at that webinar hour, etc. Yes, and I would argue, though, just sorry, that... It depends on what experience you're after, because a big part of the organizations that are doing this right are providing opportunities for you to interact with other people and to, to network and get get some engagement that you will get in a different way. It might not be as good as face-to-face, but it might be better. So sorry right. to interrupt you. So, yeah, yeah. So all the formats that worked before with content marketing or video content marketing, we can scrap it completely. We have to think about new formats altogether. So the formats that seem like they're going to be working well, entertainment or infotainment, right? It's highly structured courses, classes, challenges, that kind of stuff, where there's strategic value beyond the content itself, but in the way it's structured for you. So it's packaged in such a way that that's what gives me the value, not the content per se, because I can find that content for free anyways, right? And the third is interactivity and networking. So the kind of content which is highly engaging, where you see lots and lots of comments and discussions happening on it, if you can generate that, you're onto something good. So when there's much more conversational, it's not I'm here in front of an audience, it's I'm speaking to you and you're speaking back to me. That's value because that can't be replicated on on demand. That right. has to be when you're watching it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I always say this, it goes fast. These mini sessions go fast, but Dan and Daniel, we loved having you on. Thanks so much for coming back. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. And congratulations on uh, season number four, four you said? Awesome. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and again, if you want to listen back, Genghis is episode 44, and he is chomping at Schaefer and Fisher's heels on the all-time downloads. And Daniel Glickman is episode 53. Thanks, guys. You got it. Thank you, guys. Bye, everyone. Thanks. All right, y'all. Here we are with group two. We have three stellar marketers with us. Neil Schaefer, he was on our beloved episode 50, one of our milestone shows. And his topic was living in the age of influence, which is the eighth most downloaded all time out of the 62 published so far. Congrats on that. Whatever I've had, if I have a stat to share, I share it. So make sure you go back and listen to his episode and um, we'll talk with him in just a second. And then our other guests in this group are Caitlin Jenkins and Amy Tischler of Simply Social Media. They were on episode 58, the last episode of season three. So we did do four bonus episodes in July when normally we take July off. And so normally it's like, oh, we just talked. But really, I feel like it's been a long time for me because A, I've had four shows. And B, because so much has changed in the world and life since that that show. Plus, we recorded it early, right? We recorded in April and it got published. So anyway, welcome. Welcome, Caitlin and Amy. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. time anymore anyway. It's like <laughs> yeah. everything's out the window. Exactly. <laughs> ah, jinx. Hey, yeah. So I, I have been working um, like five or six hours on Sundays. And then so definitely yesterday did not feel like a Monday. I said to myself, like, what day is it? Yeah, the calendar com- comes in handy for sure. Okay, so how we're going to do this is we're going to have you guys give your a little brief bio on yourselves and your business and talk a little bit about what your episode was about. And then Jen has the, the big question for everybody. So Caitlin, and you want to start us off? Sure. So Amy and I, we met on social media. We met on Instagram back in 2014. And we started influencing each other on social media. And so from that, it was a whole whirlwind of events, but we started two online communities localized here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And then one also that focuses on the state of New Mexico. And from there, we've formed a business. So our agency is Simply Social Media, and we specialize in micro-influencer marketing, teaching people how to work with influencers. And then now also we're working with influencers, teaching them how to be better influencers. (laughs) So we're community builders and super connectors. And it's great kind of see that shifting over the past couple of months and how it's evolving in in this new world that we're living in. Yeah, we talked a little bit about you starting to do that, I think, on your show. So when Jen asks you your big question, you can tell us all about the success of that. And Ms. Tischler, you want to just tell the listeners a little about yourself? I mean, you know, she just described the business. summed but... up our business great. Yeah. yeah. A little bit about me is that I am a mom of three. So in addition to juggling Simply Social Media with my fabulous business partner, Caitlin, I'm now juggling three boys at school. So that's... <laughs> fun. That's a new twist to my life of having them home all the time. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And and Caitlin, I mean, the other, other thing you need to know about her is that she got engaged last week. So I did. She got engaged. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love it. Neil Schaefer, tell us about your, obviously I did this strategically. No, I put the influencer shows together. I'm glad did that it worked out because it's getting, uh, you know, trying to get 23 people scheduled was, is no small feat. And I was really happy that this worked out. So um, Neil, tell our our listeners about what your episode was about and then about yourself and your business. So our episode, I think we recorded just before Social Media Marketing World, which is if you're in social media marketing, that's 
the annual calendar begins with social media marketing world, right? So it was right before this entire coronavirus pandemic happened. I released a book called The Age of Influence on March 17th, actually, this year. And that's what we talked about. And like my friends, Amy and Caitlin, who are doing amazing jobs with uh, with Simply Social Media, really about redefining uh, what influencer marketing is, what digital influence is, and really helping any business in any industry be able to tap into the power that digital influence has, both even inside their company, as well as obviously outside their company. So I am a digital marketing consultant, speaker, author. I teach executives at a few universities. I'd say over the last few months, my business has really turned into more of a a fractional CMO type of consultancy. I'm working with a lot of businesses who just were behind on what we call this digital transformation of sales and marketing. So I enjoy working together with them, helping them strategize, implement, train, and what have you. Love it. Awesome. All right, Miss Jen. All right, guys. So it's been a big year and it's been unprecedented is definitely a word for it. So in saying that, what's one big thing that you've learned or that you're doing better as a result of these COVID times? Neil, why don't we go ahead and start with you? So I think if you ask a lot of digital marketers, and I'll be interested to see what Amy and Caitlin say, actually this time, because there's no travel, many of us go to conferences, speak at conferences, go to clients there's travel time. Without all that, actually, our work has been a lot more, in many ways, efficient. And I've found a lot more time to really double down on number one, content, and number two, relationships. So the content piece is really being able to create all the content I want to do on a regular basis. When people reach out to me for interviews, be able to accept those. And I'm already conceptualizing, even though I just came out with a book, I'm already conceptualizing my next book, which deals with sort of marketing today. I do think that there are some aspects of coronavirus that will go away, but there are some things that will stay with us, including this further acceleration of of digital. So in addition to that, doubling down on relationships, right? And uh, being able to spend more time with people virtually, but you can still build relationships virtually, right? Taking quality time to, so double down on relationships and content. And it's, it's helped my business. It's helped my book. It's helped me not just in making new friends, but in, in learning more, not just about my industry, but about myself and my experiences as well. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think that that's probably going to be a common thing that we hear today because I, I know that I've definitely been feeling that. And, I, and we were just talking with Dan Gingis and Daniel Glipman. They said you know something along the same lines. It's making everything a lot more personal. And like you said, building those relationships has become... you know th- That's been the kind of the positive part. It's been a little bit easier to build those, those relationships since we're seeing each other online and we're interacting with each other in real time more. It's pretty amazing. And then... <laughs> content creation. That's a positive plus. Like that's a thing where we can just do with our time because you know, while we're not like, Hey, got a minute. Hey, got a minute with people in the office all the time. It's like, Hey, I can actually focus on this thing for 15 minutes straight and not be bothered if I turn off everything, which you can do. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's been just (laughs) weekly blogging, weekly podcast and getting close to starting my own YouTube channel. And if I can get those three content mediums together with a book, I pretty much have them all. Well, photography, I'm going to stay out of. But uh, outside of that, I have all the other content mediums covered. And that's always been a dream of mine to be able to do that. That's pretty amazing. Amy and Caitlin, what about you? What's been a big thing that's made you grow during the COVID times? I, I think Neil really hit it on the head with relationships. I mean, we've been talking about relationships for a really long time, right? This is not a new concept. And we've been building these communities. But for me, it's been really heartening 
and inspiring to see these communities strengthen and thrive during this time. You know, you never know which way it might go when things change. I mean, there's a pandemic, (laughs) a worldwide pandemic, you know, the world kind of feels like it's ending a little bit. So things can go a lot of ways. But I think the community part for us has been really, really heartening. You know, we do a lot of influencer marketing that is a combination of being online but also offline. Um, And that was really kind of our magic sauce was bringing people together from the online world to the offline world. And so we were a little concerned about (laughs) what that would look like in a world where we literally can't do that business model. And we have really found that you can still create that connection and community online and that that is what people still really want. So I think for us, it really just like we're doubling down on community, 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 building those relationships. That's what really matters. And then you can take those communities and relationships and you can shift and our least favorite word pivot, you know, but if you have those strong communities, then you can go a lot of different ways and you're not bound to a business model like we found out, which was really actually exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting that you don't have to do the same thing that you've always done. You can take what you've been doing and do it so much better. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like Amy said, I, we we really miss being in in real life right next to uh, the people that we've built in this community over the years. But it's been really great to be able to find new ways to do what we were doing in a new way and see how that works. And so we we even just launched a new campaign today with a group of influencers. So it's, it's been that. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. Stay in touch and stay connected. I, th- I think that's so cool. It's different, yeah, exactly. but it's it's still cool. I love that. So, all right. What is the best place for our listeners to find y'all? I mean, other than in episode 50 for Neil and episode 58 for Caitlin and Amy. Uh, Neil, where, where's the best way for people to find you? Well, my name is Neil Schaefer. I am the real Neil. So don't make this Starbucks barista rookie mistake. It's N-E-A-L. <laughs> and there's a few of us Schaefers out there in sales and marketing, not going to lie, uh-huh. but mine is spelled S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. So anywhere on social media, neilschaefer.com. The name of the book is The Age of Influence. And I even have a podcast for those podcast listeners called Maximize Your Social Influence. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we hopefully have some podcast listeners listening to our podcast right now. I assume as much, but hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. And Amy and Caitlin? You can find Amy and I online at Simply Social NM or our website, simplysocialmedianm.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the season four kickoff. Reunion time is always a lot of fun. And so I'm really glad that you guys can make it back. Uh, thanks for having us. Great to see you guys. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay, and here we are with group three, the third and final group of the extravaganza that is part one of the season three reunion season four kickoff. Quite a mouthful. And we have two awesome folks who were here at the beginning of season three. Eric Fisher was episode 40, marketing a podcast and how to get started. And I must share with you, you are tied for fifth for most downloads all time with Mark Schaefer at the moment. 
So, uh, and Dan Gingas is nipping at your heels. He's like, I was six behind you as of this recording. So I don't know if you want to get to promoting your own episodes so that you can pass these guys and get bragging rights. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> certain I can do that at this point. Let's just make it happen. All right. And then Christine Gritman was episode 41, marketing a small <laughs> local business. Yes. All right. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks for Happy having to be me. here. Yeah, and Christine's on vacation, and she's she's fitness in, so I'm super grateful. Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're working, which yeah. is different than the is last time. Is it different? Because I can't remember. You were on the show. We recorded, it is. So. It it's is. Different. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's different so, for three out of four people in this group right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let's see. So I came on. We were talking podcast marketing and how to get started and all that. And honestly, it, it's we're recording this right now in August, so my show has now turned eight years old, which in <gasps> podcast. Oh my goodness. Like dog years is like forever. It's like ancient. (laughs) So that's exciting. The podcast is beyond the to-do list. It's a productivity show. Still going strong. Got lots of people scheduled to record with in the next couple of weeks, which is going to carry me over into the end of the year, which feels great. And I also have been working at an incredible company called Agora Pulse. And I get to work with people like Mike Alton, Jennifer Watson, and Scott Ayers, and especially Emmerich. Arnold, I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, that's probably a bad thing <laughs> yeah. no, uh, that I don't know how to say it properly, but I'm sure that it, he's had it butchered worse than that before. That's the English version. Yes. Yeah, I'm yes. translating. Yes. I'm translating. Yes. So, and uh, yeah, the social media manager school is kind of Yay. a baby that we adopted then <laughs> have been have been raising <laughs> as our own. Yeah. So. <laughs> and transforming. Yes. Um. And so lots of great it. stuff happening with that. This is an audio podcast, but Jen is wearing an Agora Pulse hoodie. So Christine, tell us about what your um, episode was about and what you've been up to and all that good stuff. So yeah, thank you. My episode was about how to market a small local business because that has been my jam at Christine Gritman Inc. for the past four years and change. Actually, at the beginning, I was marketing them. Then I transitioned to teaching them how to market themselves on social media, which has actually been a lot more effective and a lot more scalable and awesome. And I'm about to also, since it all kind of starts with sort of leading them through figuring out sort of questions of brand and voice and look and feel and all of that, I'm actually starting to spin that off into its own thing and helping people put themselves into their brand in a bigger way, which was partially inspired by how much more important that's become this year. Awesome. And then is Miss Jen going to be helping you with an element of that maybe? You know about Is that something you don't want to talk about? (laughs) <laughs> is that oh, I am happy to talk about to it. Yes, so I am happy it. to talk about it. So I've had a Facebook live show since April of 2017. So that's been well <laughs> over 100 episodes. And that was just in general. But now when I come back, I take August as kind of a sabbatical. So after my August sabbatical in September, and this may air in September, I don't even know. I am going to be launching a new Facebook live show that's all about talking to people about personal branding. There's just so much to go, so many places to go with that. And that is also going to have a companion Twitter chat because Twitter has become a really important network for me, especially when it comes to connecting with peers. And I get this stuff. My bread and butter has been people who don't get this stuff, but I've decided that that's shenanigans. So I'm going to shenanigans. embrace <laughs> shenanigans. So I'm going to embrace my wonderfully 
engaged Twitter audience and have a Twitter chat, a Twitter chat. And Ms. Jen Cole is going to help me manage that (laughs) Twitter chat, making sure that everyone stays happy and engaged, making sure we get those great moments out there and helping it feed into some of the other stuff I'm doing with it. Like I'm going to have people in the Twitter chat suggest questions for my live stream that will be that Friday. I'm going to have giveaways in the Twitter chat so that people who want to participate in that week's giveaway can like tweet something special and uh, we reward them for being there. The same giveaway is going to take place in the live stream. So yeah, it's beyond me. I'm doing bigger things. So I need it to be bigger than me. So that's where Jen comes in. I love it. We well, I'm so, so excited. Speaking of Twitter chats, our last episode was on the value of Twitter chats with, with mm-hmm. Natalie Gregg. And yes. last week I was the guest on a girl plus agency chat. And that topic came about because of something of an answer that I had given to a question on a few chats before. So we talked about scope creep and Deb said, Oh, you mentioned scope creep. That would be a good show topic. Do you want to be our guest? And I said, of course mm-hmm. I do. Absolutely. Well, you're making the same rounds. I was yeah. just on agency chat. I'm about to be on. I was going to say. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then Jen and I were on, that's the next thing I was going to say. Jen and I were on lead loudly. On the, yeah. Um, yeah. Talking about community. So we all love each other. You know, all, all the cool kids hang out in the same places. I got to go back for a third time on Twitter smarter one of these days, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So Jen has the one big question for y'all. Yeah. It's been a crazy year. It's been a year of transition what and happened? change. What happened this year? No, nothing. Never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's been a crazy year. So what we want to find out is what's one big thing that you've either learned, you know, from this year or you're doing better at because of COVID times this year. So Eric, why don't we start with you? Yeah, this is going to sound interesting. I'm curious if anybody else prior to the to us in this group, in the other groups said anything like this, but basically I've learned, I try to do too much in every single day and I've had to cut way back and I feel way healthier now, but I wish I'd been at this place back in say March, April. And, and, wow. you know, I mean, it, I mean, we all know you can't do eight hours straight of work in a given day. And yet we believe so we believe that because at one point in time, most of us were working in a cubicle and sitting there for eight hours a day. Come on. We know we weren't getting eight hours of work <laughs> in during that time. People were coming in, we were checking the internet, we were getting up and walking around and, and socializing and good things. Actually, we were breaking up. Like we would get something done and be like, Oh, I got to get up and get a break. And we would do that, but we forget once we're either remote working from home or out and about working in other ways, remote working that like we were all forced to do this year more so than ever. That's not how that works. And so suddenly you're compressing all these things into eight hours and trying to get it all done every day. And you feel like crap because you're getting, you're getting less done than you're saying. And and it's compounded. So I've started to back off and do, you know, here's my three things and here's a couple of small things or, and this is a really thing. This is this, actually, this is the thing I just even figured out in the past couple of weeks, talking with other people who've been like, Hey, can we have a coffee? I need you to talk me through my productivity. And I'm like, sure. And I kind of just do a free coaching thing because they bought me a coffee, which I don't recommend doing to everybody, but these are my friends. So, <laughs> right. and I would just want to see them so badly. Right. Um, so we mask up and we coffee up and figured out that if I have a bunch of little things, if I, if I set aside some time for admin stuff, all those two, three, five, 10 minute things, put them all in a hopper and say that is Friday morning for like an hour or two. And I get a few done and then I take a break. 
and then come back, then I know that I've got that time. I can throw those in. The rest of the week feels so much better. And I don't let it, you know, get, it's not the grit of the sand in my gears as I'm making momentum happen all the rest of the week. That's so, so interesting. Cause I yeah. was just thinking this morning about how I have two clients that are basically I'm, I'm billing it's all billable hours for, for my main big client. And I at the end of the day, I go, how did I only bill four hours today? Cause it felt like I worked so hard today. And, and then I was just thinking that just goes to show how little actual work you're getting done in an office setting, you know, like when you're yeah. full time or whatever. So some companies are, you know, probably better off with the contractor route and ba- not for everybody, but for some people, you're probably going to get better pro- productivity out of them. Yeah. Well, and again, it's, it's the paying somebody for their expertise versus their warm body hours. sitting in a seat, mm-hmm. yeah, their hours. Yeah. And once you switch to managing your time based on tasks instead of time itself, you start to leverage things faster and better and more efficient and, you know, spend less energy to get more done. So, right. Yeah. And I'm taking big breaks and then working again in the evening just because my mm-hmm. brain works better at night anyway. So if I take yeah, a few too. hours out to exercise and cook dinner and wash dishes and all that kind of stuff, I, it's not a big deal if I go back. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And no one yeah, else said that. I, I know awesome. nobody else said that. That was that was amazing. Man, and it's so true. Like I've even like kind of been thinking, like, how do we do this in an office? Like, there's not, we don't, because like I said, we get the gotta minutes and the, you know, all that kind of stuff that takes oh, you know. away from being productive. Well, and, um, and those gotta minute question mark. Yeah. It's the 45 Facebook minutes. messages, texts, Slack mm-hmm. messages, emails. Well, not emails, because they wouldn't do it that way, but those yeah. You don't know. It's a landmine that you're just like, can Uh I step on this right now? I don't know. But if you aren't filling your day completely up, sure. If this takes half an hour, great. If not, I'll at least figure that out quickly and then move on. But because <laughs> yeah. again, that's all based on who we are uh, interacting with relationally and expectation-wise in our positions. So yeah, it's so true, and, and that's a powerful thing and a serious thing to think about too. So we're not like overwhelming and going absolutely insane in our house with all the other things that are going on. You know, going on yeah. in our house, it's yes. it's bananas. So Christine, what, what have you learned or what are you doing better right now that, uh, that is a result of COVID times? It's interesting. Cause I had, I had a weird sort of survivor's guilt for a little while. Cause my business has done better than ever this year, but yeah. on the plus side, first of all, I got over that survivor's guilt a little bit by giving a little bit more of my help away for free to people who awesome. needed it, which is something that I've always wanted to do. You know, I've always yeah. kind of wished I could help more people who can't really afford me. And so I was able to actually do that a little bit in my community this year to sort of help people with the things that would help them stay afloat, that would help them hopefully be there on the other side of it. So I've been glad that I had enough business coming in to be able to afford more volunteer work, essentially. But then also another big thing is my imposter syndrome has really taken a hit this year in the best way. It has really shown me that what I know and what I can do and what I help people with does have value. Because before I always knew it had value and I always knew that small businesses in particular really needed to know how to leverage social media for themselves. But it was very easy to undervalue, especially since so many people, you know, they would say, oh, I can't afford that right now or oh, it felt optional to them. This year really showed that the businesses, especially the smaller businesses that weren't on top of social media, were just not going to survive. 
it be- it went from optional to essential and it was always yeah. essential, but it became clearly essential. So it gave me a lot of confidence in the value of what I help people with. And it has helped me work with a higher caliber of clients as well, because that just kind of awesome. happened this year. And the clients who I would have previously not approached before because I thought, oh, they need someone better than, or they need something better than this. No, they're happier with me. And so that has given me the confidence to go for bigger and better clients. It's given me the confidence to do bigger and better things. And it has made me really excited. I entered 2020 with big goals. And I mean, March threw me off my game. But ever (laughs) since then, I've been back on track with just kind of making 2020 the year that I finally can call myself successful. And I'm trying to remember that, you know, there doesn't need to be guilt in that because again, I probably helped a bunch of people save their businesses. I mean, yeah. Well, you shouldn't feel guilty anyway, because you no know, as one you can should... see, I'm still reminding myself, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. nothing wrong with success. I know I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still working on it as you can see, yeah. but yet this has actually been a great year for my business and I'm trying to take the lessons that I've learned and I'm trying to use it to help more people. That's amazing. Awesome. Sounds like you're doing a pretty good job of that too, Christine. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, I said to someone, first I mentioned that I've been on the Corona Coaster. I would like to get off the Corona Coaster. That'd be great. I'd like Um, to have my parents. That would be freaking nice. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) But I did say, I mentioned something about how like things are good with my business and 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 there was a like a kind of a snide like oh well aren't you lucky and I'm like oh let me be clear I lost everything um, <laughs> I just was able to gain new business that have helped me stay afloat and if it weren't for COVID I wouldn't have lost one and I would not have gotten the other because the other one came about because of yeah and um, you helped other people not lose everything I mean that's really the crux of what we do what we do is we help people succeed. That's what all social media managers ultimately are about, right? We're about helping people use this incredible tool to better their own businesses. Yeah. Well, and part of part of uh, my thing is that I'm, that's not exclusively what I do. And I was talking about this earlier uh, with, in the first group, I think that I'm actually not managing any social media except my own right now. <laughs> I, I don't even have to, I don't even have I to be on Facebook years. if I don't want to. <laughs> that's the other big change that actually happened for me or late last year that suddenly uh-huh. was just like, oh my God. Gosh, it's just mine. And and I was just getting into getting mine better. And then COVID hit. And I'm just like, I almost don't want to be on social media. I haven't managed for other people in years. It's just too much for me. And I and I I, I've been in training for a long time. And now I'm I'm learning to make that a little bit more one to many just so I can scale. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right, y'all. This was awesome. I thank you both so much for coming back. Again, Eric's episode is 40 marketing podcast and how to get started. And Christine Gritman is episode 41, Marketing Small Local Business. Where can people find y'all? Eric, what's the best way to for people to find you? Just look up your podcast? Yeah. Well, just go to beyondthetodolist.com or hit me up on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. Awesome. And Christine? Uh, I'm the only Christine Gritman out there. Um, I guess you can look up C. Gritman on Twitter and Instagram. Grit like when something's gritty. M-O-N like Monday. And I'm Christine Gritman Inc. on Facebook. I love it. All right. So thank you, Jen, for being my magical (laughs) co-host for another beautiful season. This has been part one of season four's season three reunion. Yes. I said that in the wrong order. But y'all, y'all get it. We will be back for another group. And that one we're going to have, I think, eight people in the next part. So not all at once. You know, they'll rotate in and out. But uh, thank you all for being part of this. 
Thanks for having me. Thanks. You guys are awesome. All right. This has been episode 63 of Making a Marketer, and we will catch you next time.